0: Another extraordinary message on Gil Athletics Connections. Well, welcome to the show. If it goes to appreciate the coach, the ones who point people most, Every season needs a voice of reason, speaking the growth. Got to prep for you, carry the load. It's coffee to the soul. For those of us who stay on the go. Proper handoff to stay in the zone. What you packing for the road. There's more than one way to the go. Take notes, that's paying your toe. It ain't practice if your purpose ain't clear. It can't happen to you listen with both ears. You can't mentor without a mentor. Here's of, of experience. You can reinvent those years. Every plan's got a standard to live up to. And the price sacrifice. Can you give up you? It's a choice and a fight not a win or lose it's not a ploy but vice so y'all can make more moves it's not about how to it's all about why you don't know till you know who you are inside six million ways to tie choose none so we all cross the finish line the work ain't done so we learn from the experts we all got to put in the legwork guild athletics use a network it's all about connections put together for the profession to every track coach could be blessed
1: All right, here we go, back with another edition of the Gill Athletics Track and Field Connections Podcast, bringing you coaches from around the country, around the world sometimes, and striving to hit every level of track and field. So from summer club coaches to NCAA, NAIA, we uh, we love you all. If you have coach in your name, it doesn't matter what level, that is very irrelevant to us. I'm so proud to be your host, Mike Cunningham, National Business Development Manager, and really, I'm just a podcast host, that's what they pay me for isn't that the greatest thing in the world? I got the greatest life in the world. So without further ado, let help me welcome today's guest. We've got uh, from Harlingen High School down in the great state of Texas. It's a little hot down there, which we're going to learn. Help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Mr. Hakel Bullery. How are you doing today?
2: Doing good, sir. Doing good.
1: So uh, I, I asked you earlier about you're in Harlingen uh, and how hot it must be because you're you're even farther south than I was just in Austin. You're even farther yeah, south farther than that. Than, yes,
2: uh, further south than Austin, further south than San Antonio. <laughs> oh man, so so, so so you're you're burning up. It's like 100 and it's, it's hot. 102, right? 103 it feels like 110, 114 sometimes. Uh so it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Oh
1: man, you know what? I would rather have that than the cold though i i'm not a likewise, likewise. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm, yeah i'm from jamaica so tropical oh. that stuff i like the heat more than the cold so yeah I'll,
1: I'll complain about you know how hot it is and humidity and sun way more i'm cool with that way more than i'm freezing i can't feel my fingers my nose etc that that's a huge turnoff <laughs> for me man. i'm not a fan <laughs> I always tell people when it gets, you know, I'm in Illinois, when it gets cold, you know, December through, you know, February and even March, I really travel a lot. <laughs> I'm like, hey, boss man, uh, Hakel down in Harlingen needs to see me on a big order. I got, I got to go visit. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, uh, you know, what we do here is we explore to uplift and honor your journey. So uh, for you, where does coaching begin for you? And what I mean by that is assuming you were an athlete somewhere it had to change from the idea that coaching was something that was done to you go run this go lift that etc and maybe somewhere it unlocked for you and was like wait a minute like maybe i could be a coach one day where does that journey start for you
2: well it started really back home in jamaica um i've been doing track for a very long time i think since i was like 10 i mean i've been doing track for forever um our high school system is somewhat different from here. We start high school at um, the seventh grade level, so seventh grade or twelfth grades are high school. So we okay. start high school early. Um, in high school, I did both soccer and track. Those, my, two, my two sports were soccer and track, and then it became just track even down the road. Um, but in in high school, while I was doing track, I became the captain, so you got that responsibility of you know you're taking care of the kids as well um my coach would give me responsibilities like okay you are handling the throws today or the sprinters or whatever you're doing so that kind of became that responsibility became something that taught me how to really um work with others you know mm-hmm. and from there it kind of developed into literally being a student of the sport you know um so I learned a lot through that um and I it was a multi-athlete in high school I did the heptathlon. Oh, so really? I, in high school, I was a hip athlete in high school. And I also was a shop with guy, um guy, specialty as well. Yeah. So that's what I recruited to come to America. I got recruited to go to a Corpus Christi. Oh, yeah. Scholarship. So yeah. that's what I recruited um, to be a hip athlete, to be a deck athlete. Yeah, yeah. I had a few events. Yeah. So a deck athlete in, in college. But we didn't have the facility. We didn't have pole mm-hmm. ball when I first mm-hmm. came here at a Corpus Christi. Um, so when we finished indoor, um, coach Flanagan was like, Hey, you want to just focus on throws or focus on the events that we do have, because we don't have pole vaults. So we can't really just throw into the deck without learning pole vault." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I became strictly throwing in college. Um, but the sprinting jumping, all that stuff was part of my background as well. well uh, yeah. Stay,
1: stay there in high school. I'm always fascinated. You know, I, I grew up in the state of Alabama. And, you know, how we did things there is different than when I first started coaching high school in Chicago. And certainly it's different than California, Texas. We have a lot of different culture as it relates to track in just our 50 states here. I'm always fascinated with another country and a country I've never been to. Um, I, I think my bias says, oh, when you said you're from Jamaica, I'm like, oh, he must have been a sprinter because of Usain and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you roll your eyes. Yeah. like, ah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty much, you know, what I mean, when I started off, I started off with Everything pretty much, you know, it was doing jumps. We have competition against the jump guys, I have competition against the um sprinters, I was on relay teams, um, but I also threw too, so mm-hmm. I was literally a multi athlete encompassing everything, you know. Um, right. and under the, the cap of Usain Bowl, really, we're the same age, you know, we have similar pe- friends we know. Um, we right. come he, he was competing the same time I was competing, so we'd have trap meets together and stuff like that. So it's literally. The, that realm of athletes that I mean, even right know really. Um, cause I, was on, I was on a junior team with um Shelley and Fraser Price, mm-hmm. uh, Johan Blake. I was on a junior team with him as well. So it's it's very small country, man. If you don't track back then, then you're pretty much a part of that group, you know. Right.
1: So I'm curious, uh, and we'll get to your current status mm-hmm. here in a second as a high school coach here in Texas in America but kind of knowing that you know both now you know you've coached high school here in America and you went through the high school system there in Jamaica well, what are some of the differences in in yeah. regards to oh that that see you know, <laughs> if you're watching yeah. us on YouTube you saw his face yeah. there must be some mega differences here yeah what's yeah. the difference in like culture for our sport uh in, in, down in Jamaica
2: i think the the work ethic is a bit different um training wise is a bit different as well i think we train much harder back home um the work, I work ethic is a big part of it. Like it's real competition. Like you can't slack. You know, um, here sometimes you struggle to get some kids to join your team. Back home you get a few kids. Everybody have to perform because you have another bunch of kids who are equally as fast, if not faster, and they want to run. You know, I think that's the thing. Kids want to run back home. Um, here it's almost like a punishment. <laughs> you know, almost I don't want to run because there's punishment. And so you sometimes you have kids who are talented who do not even do track. Um. another thing is we have a lot more sports here where kids can go and join you know um, you have a lot of kids who want to play football I mean you have some kids who are actually track kids but they want to play football yeah you have kids a good way to describe it yeah you have kids who are actually um track kids but they want to basketball you know so you have so many sports here that kids can get involved in sometimes their main sport it's not really a main sport because they probably love basketball more they love football more but that's not really what's for them you know um so I think selection wise we don't have as much choice of sports back home you know we have football and everything else we have a few sports but track is one of the biggest sports now because I mean you see both has made that bigger than life itself so I think more kids are getting involved in track um but the system here is just you don't have enough kids. I think who are trying to do track. It's almost like a secondary thing. I'm the. One, I'm not going go to go track. Mm-hmm. And even though a lot of kids here have the talent, who could be really fast, but they're in other sports too. You know, so I think that's the biggest difference. You know, finding that talent pool of kids who want to do track willingly.
1: <laughs> what about the um, the the coaching side of it? You know, you've you've met plenty of uh, American high school and college coaches. And obviously, you had your own high school coaches, and maybe you met some of the other high schools and college coaches there in Jamaica. Is there a difference in how they approach the profession of coach like how they approach coaching kids, or is that kind of maybe universal
2: um to some extent um I would say high school kids who are coached in track back home those coaches are predominantly track coaches um I think mm. they're more specialized in track um I think here you have coaches who are, I'm not knocking anybody, but you have a football coach who's a track coach, mm-hmm. you know, but he doesn't know as much about track as mm-hmm. football, but he's predominantly a football coach who is coaching track mm-hmm. or other sports, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not as specialized as, um, I would say Jamaica, because Jamaica, yeah, your track coach usually is coaching track all year, you know? Um, here you have coaches who are jumping from different sports and going to track later on. So that's a big, big difference, which I mean, that it it also shows level of knowledge as well, because the kids are getting that level of knowledge. And I've always talked to athletes who have probably been from other schools and I hear what they're doing. I'm like, OK, um, OK, uh, you know, so I think that the professional pool of track coaches is not as big, I would say, as Jamaica, because those track coaches back home, they're really track coaches, you know.
1: Yeah, I uh, and again, this is where it's so interesting, because even inside of America, we have different pockets
0: and
1: yeah. culture You know, where I grew up in Alabama, um, very similar to uh, almost exactly what you said, you know, my um, I-, I played football, our football coaching staff was every other sport mm-hmm. coach. So, you know, our basketball coach was the DB yeah. coach, our tennis coach was the offensive line coach, our track coach was the quarterback coach, etc., um, and I remember, I, I moved from Alabama to Chicago, and I called a local high school to see if they needed a volunteer, just someone to come help a couple of days, you know, while I was in college and such. And uh, so I'm talking to the track coach, and uh, Russ Martin, I'll, I'll never forget him. And I, I asked him, I was like, coach, uh, so what position do you coach in football? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he 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 was like, dismayed, he, like, he didn't understand the question. He's like, What 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 do you mean? And I was like, well, like you obviously coach foot, like uh, everybody coaches yeah, football yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even when you're in high school. <laughs> and he was like, and he laughed because, you know, I hadn't met him at the point, you know, at that point. But when I finally did, I kind of, you know, he was the prototypical distance guy. You know, he's yeah. 6'2", skinny, you know, it's like, what what am I going to do with football is what he was kind of <laughs> thinking. But uh, he was just laughing. He's like, no, Mike, he goes, I just coach cross country and track. And that blew my mind. I thought, you know, what my experience was in Alabama, well, that was what it was everywhere in my mind. And so to actually learn that there are some places, some places, yeah, the track coaches are the track coaches, basketball is basketball, et cetera. I still remember just being floored, like, oh, that that, was bizarro world for me. It was really crazy. Uh, Another aspect that's kind of interesting for you, and I hear this more internationally, we had a, a really good, 5,000 meter runner when I was at Troy University from England, and he mentioned growing up in like a club system over there, and how when he first started track, he did triple jump and shot put, and here in America, big swath stereotype here, because it's not like this everywhere, but here we tend to pigeonhole people, like first time you come out for track, you are a sprinter, or you are a thrower. Or you, you know you, you you go one way and you don't don't look at the throwers you're a jumper you stay over here, but I I hear more internationally where you kind of get a taste of a yeah. lot of different events was and you mentioned that in your story, is that
2: normal in Jamaica or were you yeah okay it's because I think most um, throwers want to go race the sprinters <laughs> mm. if you're a thrower or you're a field events person you think you're fast so you want to go run against a sprinter sometime or just for just for fun. If yeah. it might be just for fun, you're like, nah, that guy's pretty fast for throw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see what he can do doing something else. So sometimes it becomes like a game or a fun thing to do, and then you can see other th- kids doing other things. Um, I always have my throw, thorough- my sprinting friends. They always want to come throw a shot put or they yeah. want to go jump off against somebody. Um, so it's it's like that, I guess, in the beginning where we're really exploring, we're exploring different things right. and trying to do different things. You might not be fast, but you're still trying to run against somebody who is fast. Right. But you might, you might have a spotlight on you like man, that kid is pretty fast. So that's kind of like how it works, you know? Um, You're not restricted in the sense of you're just a thrower back home. I think right. even thrower's coaches are open to them doing some sprint work, you know, just to see how they look.
1: <laughs> Does that mean somewhere there's a picture of Usain Bolt high jumping or throwing the disc? It probably could
2: up? be. I heard he was a pretty good long jumper.
1: Is that right? Well, I would
2: hope, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I
2: heard he's been a good long jumper, so, I mean, you, you never know. Yeah. But he, he probably, And he was a fun guy at practices, too, so I'm sure he probably tried other things. He probably was good at it and just didn't do it, you know? Yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, right, right, right. Do you think, you know, so you came over to the States as a multi-recruit and then went to focus, and we're going to talk about that, went focused on the throws. Do you think, though, that all those other things helped you to become a better thrower when you were high jumping and sprinting and maybe hurdling, like did that athleticism help you or would you have been better served to just have gone from seventh grade on, become a uh, throw, did a thrower things only?
2: I mean, I think that definitely helped me overall being a dynamic athlete. I think great athletes are dynamic. Um, You're not boxing a shell. Um, Most great, even sprinters, they probably could do long jump. You know, They probably can do one or two other events. Even in the sprint realm itself, you might have a good one-two guy who could actually do a 400, could do a long jump, you know? So, you could do a hurdle. Some guys pretty good at a hurdle who are sprinters. So, I think a great athlete is a very dynamic athlete. They're not stuck in just 100s, you know? They're stuck in being able to branch out and do other things. And you, you've noticed some of the big stars like Fred Curley, um, Shereke Jackson, they've done other events, you know? They just mm-hmm. determine which event they want to really would do but I think that makes you a better athlete. A dynamic athlete is always a great athlete. I always tell that to my athletes, like a dynamic athlete is a great athlete to have. So it definitely helped me overall becoming a better um, thrower in terms of balance, coordination. I mean, speed it definitely helped a lot. So, yeah.
1: So when you were looking at coming over to college here in the States, um, did you what, what did you come into um what did you go to school for? At least originally, did you think you were going to become a teacher? Did you want to become an engineer? What was your so first my,
2: my original my 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 dream job? I guess is physical therapy. Ah, okay, really my dream job. You know, um, so when I came, my degrees, in biomedical sciences, my bachelor's in biomedical sciences, are minor in economics. So that's my degree wow. plan. Um, <laughs> so I didn't, I never thought about becoming a teacher. You know, I think the opportunity just presented itself um, when I finished. College actually went back to coach college. So I coached AM Corpus for two years. Okay. Uh, coached it for two years. And then the opportunity came to, to teach in high school. I'm like, okay, I might, might jump on that. It pays a little bit better at the end of the day. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay. And I had a kid. and I'm like, okay, I definitely need to branch out a little bit more. Um. So that's where the opportunity came along. So
1: yeah, we'll definitely dive into that because I love exploring college. Not versus high school coaching, but like I, I like to um, I like to bust myths, and mm-hmm. there's there's a big myth out there that for college you can't hire a high school coach; they just can't coach college. It's, it's the craziest
2: <laughs> thing in the world because well, I coach both, so <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. And What we found, you know, is you know I've you know we've had 200 plus coaches here on the Gill Podcast. A lot of coaches, uh, college coaches, started as high school coaches. So I don't understand how it can be a myth that high school coaches can't coach college when a lot of our college coaches started out as high school coaches. I just don't understand it. So we'll explore that here in a little bit. Uh, tell me about your college career. You mentioned Sean Flanagan. Uh, I've known him for a long time, man. How did uh, how did you end up picking Corpus Christi? And then how did your, as you started transitioning from multi to throws, how'd that go for you?
2: Well, the way it started, um, Coach Daggerty was the coach at Harlingen. He was a Sean was the distance coach And um, the sprints coach was um, Coach Dougherty. Um He was a well-known Jamaican um, track coach by the time wow. um, And he eventually Started coaching at NM Carpus Christi So he recruited me because The high school that I went He used to be the coach there way back in the day So mm-hmm. when he was recruiting in Jamaica He had that connection um, So that's how I, that came along That connection came along And that's how I ended up in Carpus Christi um, So that's how that started um the transition itself being there was it was very different obviously um college is very different you have indoor outdoor long season um if you compete internationally that's also more competition later on so it's a it's very very different in that aspect but that's where i end up going to Corpus christi
1: you mentioned and you said obviously it's different um, but but it may not be obvious to all of us. What yeah. is different? Do, um, I'm going to assume we don't have indoor track in Jamaica. High Jamaica, school.
2: No, no, no we don't have indoor track back home. But
1: uh. do you have an extent? I, I, again, I've never been, so I just know the weather is at least favorable. Do yeah. you have a longer outdoor season? Like do you start in January for outdoor season or do you yeah. do more? We
2: start a little early. I think we start probably mid-January. Okay. In January probably. Um, and you're having about, meets in January, February. Yeah, yeah yes, okay. we, we earlier January season probably. That's the only thing that might be different, but right, uh, we probably have more meets. Maybe you know, we have meets yeah. every weekend usually. Um, but that's the biggest difference. We do not have indoor back home at all, so right? I right. mean, that's a big difference to transition into indoor season. Right. Um,
0: yeah. And
1: is the big, you know, in our states, and you know, you know better than anybody, being in Texas. Uh, for high school you know our big goal is to make it to the state meet right like it's and it's so hard you know for it's hard for any state texas is no exception it's extremely hard to to make it to the Uh, state meet in in jamaica you have the the boys boys and girls girls championship right
2: the boys and girls championship is the holy grail um (laughs) i keep and i just had the conversation with all my friends who coaching at the university level i was like there's nothing like it you know there's and I told them they need to go and recruit in Jamaica. Go to Boys and Girls Champs because that atmosphere, I don't think you can duplicate that anywhere anywhere really. I mean, even go to the Olympic level, I think that would be something closer to yeah. what yeah. Boys and Girls Champs is. It's that, it's that epic. It's that epic, man. It's, it's an epic place. And most high school kids, I think, who get recruited to come to school in America, they realize real fast that they won't experience that experience again like you won't even uh, be nervous at, you won't even nervous at most meets because the the level of the is just so different the atmosphere is like nothing nothing you can describe man There's nothing you can describe
1: that's interesting it's we thick, had thick. we had carol lawrence head coach of johnson c smith who is from jamaica as well we were talking about this and i You know, it's it's a bucket list of mine to go to that meet because I've I've seen video. I mean, I've seen video of like people climbing into this do whatever it takes to get into the stadium. And I I never thought you you said something really interesting there that the kids that come from Jamaica that went to the champion the boys Mm -hmm. and girls championship and experience this just carnival. I mean, you know, this fanaticism for Mm -hmm. the sport will come to the states. And I can't think of another single meet in the States yeah. where, from the videos that I've seen where it's like that. It like Have to be, I don't want to say a letdown, but maybe it's a letdown.
2: Yeah, maybe it's a letdown. Um, but, they, I mean, the experience won't be close. I mean, I think Texas Relay and Penn Relays are two of those big meets where the crowd is definitely a big crowd for those two right. big meets, you know? Um, but even then, it, it won't be... <laughs> <laughs> What about the Texas high school meet? That's a pretty, and I've been to that one. And I know yeah, no, one's, no one's climbing into the stadium yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, Texas like. state meet is pretty big. But even then, again, the crowd yeah. energy is not like the energy. But It's not even close. The energy is just, I, I don't know how to describe energy, man. The energy yeah. is, is amazing. You know, it's amazing. I've been to those meet. I've been to all those. I've been to Penn Relays. I've been to yes. the Texas Relays. I've been to the state meet many years. And I, I've seen the crowd energy. The energy is not close, not even close, the boys and girls champs back home.
1: I haven't been to the pen Relays in 15 years, and I went this year. And it was fun. I, I called my wife in the middle of, you know, the 85th heat of the 4x4. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, how are you doing? I was like, well, <laughs> I'm sitting in the rain, uh, the 85th heat of the 4x4. <laughs> and she's like, 85th? I'm like, yeah, oh, know, like, like 20 more to go. Oh, and by the yeah. way, it's just boys. Girls are in <laughs> Another 100. But I remember watching you know, through the, the four days that I was there because um, the last time I'd been there was when I was coaching at Mississippi State. So I was coaching. So I didn't really pay attention to the crowd. You know, I was focused on my athletes. This time I got to sit back and kind of pay attention yeah. to J- the Jamaica and, uh, uh, you know, the the, the culture. They very, yeah. yeah and, and I remember, you know, there were. You know, everybody's in the not everybody, but you know, Jamaican and Jamaican supporters are in their green and yellow, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they they've got their um, you know, the, and yes, yes, there, yeah. There. yeah. I think it was fantastic. And to your point, the enthusiasm was mm-hmm. up the charts on that eighty fifth. I mean, these uh-huh. kids are running, you know, for the boys four thirty for the four by four. So nothing, we're not breaking any records here. Uh-huh. But if a team got close, if a leg got close to catching someone else. Oh, it didn't matter if that kid was running sixty seconds, fifty seconds, forty seconds. The crowd was woo, woo. I mean, yes, yes, it was a yes, lot of fun. Yes, like, yes, I, exactly. I got experience in a different way. It's like this. Like this.
2: Yeah. This is what tracks should be. Like this yes. is fun. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's and and that's like a microcosm of what boys and girls' champs is. You know, it gives you an idea. Like,
0: mm. if this
2: is what it is over there, what is it like? It's crazy, crazy. I think even. You see him, in and the Shelly and Fraser Price. They can attest to that. Right? when they were at boys yeah. and girls champs, the environment is just. That's why I think that's why they still go even now. You know, if you look in the crowd, you'll see you see him, balls there, at boys and girls champs. Most years he's there, Shelly and Fraser Price. I mean, most past at least usually go back if they're in Jamaica. Yeah. So that, that energy is just unheard of, man. <laughs> are they
1: are they doing that? You know, the the sprints in Jamaica gets the most press for a lot of the people you just mentioned. Uh, but we've had some amazing throwers from Jamaica. Oh, man.
2: Thurs. Our throwers thurs have been, been really
1: good. Do, do, does that same enthusiasm carry over to the other events as well? Or is it – it's I like, the regular think, track meet, but then the 100 shows up, and that's when we're going to go crazy.
2: I think Jamaicans know, you know, um, because they are also fans. Um, so they know if kids are doing well since the – and we know early. Say, for example, we have some good throwers right now. We've had these throws for a while. But Jamaica, no. So when you go and watch, you'll see Discus going far or Javelin going, like, wow, they give them support as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, the sprint is the highlight usually. Sure. Um, but other events also get, I mean, get some notoriety as well. You know, um, I think throws have definitely grown tremendously in Jamaica yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some very good coaches over there who have definitely expanded the program. So um, most events are getting, we're getting better at quite a few events. Our jumps are getting crazy right now. Um definitely doing really well right now the freshman from arkansas he's Hebert, really yeah at is doing, yes. he's amazing man he's amazing i mean really amazing like yeah he's not regularly amazing he's amazing. i don't think he's jumped from a full approach yet like oh. he's been doing like five jumps or five, yeah. step, six step yeah, stuff, yeah, five steps six steps five steps i've seen that Yeah, he's and,
1: ridiculous he's a coach i know real well is really really good so i'm like oh man like he's got him on a path like it's this kid could—I mean—he's already special as a freshman jumping what he jumped. This kid could be really special. Like he could be—I hate to say it this way—but he could be a Usain Bolt of the jumps. Oh, yes. Honestly, I mean, oh, yes. he might be oh, transformational.
2: Yeah. He, he uh, is transformational. About Ali, man, if you look at his progression so far, mm-hmm. and he's only been doing the event for, he said, three years. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it's only been three years. So it's not that long. <laughs> wow, kind of ridiculous if you think about it. I mean, especially jumps like triple jump, which is very hard on the body. I think they have done do they've been doing it the smart way by gradually progressing him because his season is obviously going to be longer than everybody else's season. Right, he's probably going for to go to the world championships and have all these meets. So I right. think the way they're progressing him is very very smart. Mm. And I mean, the way they're doing it is probably it probably wouldn't work for every athlete because. He just is just that talented, man. He he does need to take two or three jumps and that's it. <laughs>
1: amazing. That's quite amazing. Well, let's get back to your uh transformational here. So you go through, you get you did you say biomedical? What was your main? That sounded too smart for me.
2: Uh, <laughs> Pre-professional biomedical sciences. That's what pre-professional
1: my degree. Biomedical, biomedical sciences. Biomedical, yeah, that's yeah. way too many words for an undergrad degree yeah. for me. And you got? would you say economics as well with economics that? Economics minor. Yes. What were you think? Like, were you
2: gonna own a pre-professional biomedical company? What were? You I don't know, think? man. It's. I mean, that's the the part that. I mean, you could have went, gone different paths to become a physical therapist. Um, I don't know why I chose that path. Maybe because I was like, man, most athletes don't take this path. They probably take the kinesiology route or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I want to challenge myself more. Um, but in hindsight, it worked out because I'm a science teacher in high school. You know, mm-hmm. I teach chemistry and physics. So it works out at the end of the day. Sometimes you just never know what your direction will be. I mean, right. that's just how life is sometimes.
1: But as you're going through, you're not thinking of teaching. You're thinking yeah, of thinking physical of, yeah. therapy, things like that. But when you graduate,
2: you said you started coaching there at Corpus Christi? Yes. Yeah, I worked worked as a physical therapist technician for two years first. Uh, Yeah, two years as a physical therapist technician. And then uh, I spoke with Sean um, and he was like, okay, the portion is open. You would like to coach. I'm like, okay, I I can handle it. I mean, I've done all the events and it's not a hard thing to coach. So That's when I really got vamped up into the coaching thing. And um, obviously I did my research. I did um, coaching school. I did all those different things. And that's how I went to, um, even though I was a thrower, I was hungry for knowledge, you know. Um, that's one thing that will make you a good coach. I was hungry for knowledge. Um, I saw that John Colina had that throws camp thing as well. I was like, okay, even though I'm very versed in throwing, mm-hmm. it's good to learn more, you know, outside the box and figure out things. So that's how um, I, I eventually met John. And his throwing camp was really amazing. It really eye-opening, you know. Um, so I learned a lot from him as well, but I didn't definitely did my research going back into even Jamaican mentality of how they coach athletes, old school, the Glen Mills, the um Francis, how he coaches athletes. So I definitely took a look at coaching overall. You know, read up old stuff, old. I like old school stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I like old school stuff. Um, Clyde Hart stuff. I like Michael Johnson. So I researched yeah. a lot of Clyde Hart. So that a lot of different backgrounds and principles and I put it together to my all the things Uh so, coach there for two years and then the teaching you, you were coaching throws there right I was coaching everything there oh, okay <laughs> I,
1: I was thinking throws and I was like oh, okay help me I you want to just unlock something huge I was like how
2: did Clyde hart's training help you with throws help i I, training I, training. I I was coaching everything' sprinters yeah. jumpers throwers I was teaching I was coaching everything from hurdles to sprints yeah. Um. But we didn't have a lot of coaches then right. when I was working there, so I literally was working all day long. Just yeah, coaching every event, which helped me as well when I came to high school. The coaches, right. well. so it all works out sometimes. Right.
1: How was that experience? You know, it's it's interesting. Um. You know, coaching is hard. Whether you're coaching just the throwers or, uh, just pole vaults, you know, to coach and and we see this quite often on. Uh, uh, I was gonna say the college side but you know you mentioned in high school i I love asking a high school coach what do you coach and he's like i'm a high school coach i coach everything (laughs) i I get the mentality there but what you're talking about is you know almost from sun up to sun down you've got the sprinters at this time and then the jumpers you have to you have to you know position them yeah
2: that's why did did you
1: did you like that or or what were some of the challenges for that
2: i mean that was tough you know because sometimes The reason why you have a specialized coach in college because you need a lot of time with those athletes you know so I was literally being spread thin because I had to be coaching sprinters a certain time jumpers a certain time Um, my sprinters would be jumpers sometimes so I had to modify that as well and my throwers needed their time Um, at that point I was also designing the, the strength workout program as well so we had to put time in for strength workout as well so it was a lot. I mean, I literally was coaching eight to six, like right. a, a regular job. And I mean, I think most coaches don't coach that long. I mean, you probably coach your throws group for a certain period of hours and then you go do other things, you know. So, so I did all of that stuff and I was still recruiting. <laughs> so literally I was working, working, you know. Um, I don't think a lot of college coaches do that much work, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because. You know, no, no, no coaches ever come to me and said they were afraid of work. So it's not that Uh, there are so many things that are coming at you, you know, you're, you're talking about working eight to six which okay you know that's and again you're, you're coaching track so we're outside yeah, but, you yeah, know no one's gonna pity yeah. us and things like that uh but there is paperwork you still have to do there's yes. recruiting so you know yes. when you're done at six you ain't done because now you gotta yeah. go call, call kids and coaches yeah. and things like that oh and by the way you're probably making a third of what you should be making yeah. monetarily yeah. Yeah. uh yeah. to do that as well
2: yeah, yeah. that's that's a big factor. <laughs>
1: yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. There had to be, though, you know, I've, I've experienced those um, uh, type of, of uh, situations. There are certainly, though, times of just because when you're in the muck and just, you know, there all the time, some really fun, you know, working with the young people, some fun times together and laughter.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. Relationships are always been built on those yeah. things. You, know? like you build good relationships. Even though me and a lot of the kids are coach in college, me and them still cool, some are teaching. High school, no, actually. Some, mm-hmm. some of them are teaching. Some are doing different things, branching out. But that relationship lasts for a long time, you know. So that's a good thing, too.
1: As you're working through, you know, just really long hours, really hot long hours, too, by the way, um, any thought you you mentioned, you know, physical therapy, thought of going back to that or what?
2: Actually, I, was, I mean, I felt content to some extent, but physical therapy was to the back of my mind. You know, I think that's something that I really enjoyed in the sense of what it does. Um, I really love coaching. I mean, so that's so much, even though I still think about physical therapy sometimes, but I'm like, man, I I love coaching high school kids so much more. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting now. So you spent two years there. Yes. What came next? Then I actually went straight into teaching. I went straight into the position at um, Harlingen. I got that position, um, was available so I got it they need a science teacher so when I first got there the first thing I did was reach out to the, um, I the coordinator say hey I'm I could coach track there I've been interested in coaching track there um, and they they hooked up the assistant coaching position at the time mm-hmm. so I was assistant and then by the next year the person who was coaching kind of left so the open the, the girls head coach portion was open Okay, no problem. I can definitely handle this. So that's how that came along, and mean it's
1: you know I uh, I I taught USATF level ones for Mm -hmm. many many years, and one of the most common questions that we would get from high school coaches was how do I become a college coach, and and I always say you don't. (laughs) That's like you like you, you live in this town. You know, you make this amount of money. Uh, you're done at five o'clock or six o'clock every night. Uh, you know, you you don't have a fall. Like, dude, stay where you are. Trust me. You're <laughs> great. And I think a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of, I think there are college coaches out there that see the high school uh, mm. market, if you will, and say, man, uh, maybe I'd want to do that. How, how did that position how did how did that position come about? And what I mean by that is, you know, you're coaching college, you don't have a teaching degree. How did that, you know, I think there's people out there yeah, like, how did yeah. you transition?
2: How did that even the transition? A was I had to get a, a probationary teaching certification? Um, they do they have those where you can start off teaching actually. I did a PACE program. Because of your degree, it was like okay. He may not know how to teach, but he knows the the the, the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The content knowledge is there. Right. Mm -hmm. So to teach, you have to have content knowledge, and you have to have the the pedagogy as well. So you have to do both. So you have to know how to be a teacher. But yeah, if you have content knowledge, then okay, you could start off with a probationary um, certificate, and then eventually get your certificate while teaching. So you have a lot of programs now who that assist you in getting into the teaching world. So. That wasn't really that of a hard transition um coaching is teaching um <laughs> so you're always teaching some way or somehow so so what was kind that of
1: certification that... was that did you have to go back into classes or
2: what i had to go to a. it's a certification program it's not every day it's like on the weekends i think it went on the weekends um for the first Four or five months, or something like that. And then you have to take an exam at the end, and that certifies you to be a teacher. Uh, You also have to take a content test as well to say you're certified Mm -hmm. to teach a certain content area. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did all those, and the content test was pretty quick because that's your knowledge already, you know? So that's a quick one to get. Um, The teaching one, though, requires you to get some hours teaching um, and go through some different um, professional development as a teacher. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how that works. Did you have to, like, shadow another teacher? I mean, you're, you're teaching, though, at the same time, so... How... Well, shadowing a teacher, we didn't, I didn't even have to shadow a teacher yeah. until I had a mentor at one point, but okay. you, have, you have observational hours. I had a chart of observational hours as well where I need to get a certain number of observational hours for the year, but it I is... can still teach while getting that. Is that you observing someone else or someone observing yes, you? I'm observing somebody else.
1: Okay, so, like, during your planning period, you'd go watch yes, the yes, math yes. teacher or something. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. So you can kind of see how they're doing things. And that, that actually, that's kind of like on the job training. Like, I kind of like that. Yes. Like, yes. like, I got to be like a coach. I'm like, hey, you should go watch that coach for an hour and just yeah. see how they yes. do things. That's going to help yes. you. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. So, what was it like the first time? Um, you know, sometimes ego can be bad. Ego is not bad. Bad ego is bad. Uh, you know, you're coming from uh, a rich track and field tradition in Jamaica. You were a college athlete. You now coached college for two years. And now you're looking at a bunch of 14 to 18-year-olds and like, (laughs) man, I know everything. What are you guys guys Just shut up and listen. How was that process of coaching and starting to coach high school
2: kids? I mean, at first, I'm somebody who likes to observe first to see how things are done. So when I actually first started as an assistant, um, I really backed off. I didn't really push to do a bunch of stuff. I really was backing off a lot to just see and observe how how the process is run, how people approach it, and what the coaches knew. You know, I just want to be to observe and see what was going on. Um, um, at the time my assistant, my the head boys' coach at the time, Coach Ambrose, he's still the head coach right now. Um, he was like, I mean, I would like you to do more. I mean, he asked me to do more. So I was like, okay. Um, so eventually he pretty much allowed me to coach both boys and girls in areas that I see fit. So that helped me being comfortable saying, you know what, okay. It's not like I'm taking over anybody's position, you know. Um, he's allowing me to impart my knowledge onto the team. So that was easy to transition because it wasn't the ego thing for them. Right. Um, that helped me to um, started doing more with the groups there. So that definitely helped build the program real fast as well.
1: Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point there. I was talking about your... Um, eyesight into it but you're right the, the existing coaches could have been like yes. all right yeah. Yeah, yeah just stay you know we, we we need a throws coach or whatever you started stay over there we've been doing this for years but instead, <laughs> they had a great posture of like hey man I need it. maybe you're right the right person for this yeah. I, I could use help could you take these athletes yeah. as well that's actually yeah. a really that like, shows a lot of maturity and the character yes. of those of that coach as well what, what did you
2: start out did you start out
1: kind of in the throw
2: a yeah. As first. Um, and then I will jump to the relays. And then um, then the group that came in was the Jose Garcia. He won state, actually, uh, for us. Um, but that group came in as freshmen. And I started working with them early. Um, so I started working with relays and sprints, hurdlers. So I pretty much was bouncing around different areas as well. And then I pretty much transitioned through everybody, um, working with everybody, really. Um, so definitely that help the team overall, because I know everybody got better knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so that helped real fast in developing the athletes. Um, That's how that worked. (laughs) You
1: know, this is fascinating to me because a lot of times we, uh, I shouldn't say again, a lot of times, sometimes it's, I believe it's more common that a high school coach will move on to the college ranks, but I mm-hmm. love this college coach who moved to high school ranks. And a few weeks ago, we had uh, Fatima uh, Shabazz, who also did the same thing. She's a longtime coach at Kentucky State University, moves to uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and starts coaching high school there. W- what have you seen? I'm curious, the difference in how you coach college kids versus high school kids? And remember, we don't talk X's and O's. I'm not talking about you yeah. know this drill, that drill. More like yes, philosophy and things like
2: that. Um, the high school versus college is it's very very different. Um, in college, obviously you have more time with the kids; uh, you can do more. Um, so that's a big big factor. You can do more. Your programming can be much different. I know you have, and those kids are just doing track. I mean, college you don't have any track. You're doing football, basketball, volleyball three, four, five sports, your track kids, is your track kid. So you have time to really iron out on all, all the kinks, um, the strength kinks, the flexibility stuff, um, all the little intricate things mm-hmm. that make you a great athlete. You have time to work on those things. In high school, you have to really modify a lot because you're one, even if you have a star athlete, that athlete's going to be doing three, four sports. So mm-hmm. how you manage developing the athlete through the years? um most of these kids are not doing one sport. You know, you might be lucky to have one or two who are doing your sport, but the chances are that's very, very slim. Most of the times those high school athletes are doing multi-sports. So you have to figure out how to modify the plan for them. Um, Overworking a kid is easy and even though they're young, they feel like they're invincible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have to modify how do I get these kids not to be overworked, you know, and, um, That's the biggest thing, really. I think that's the biggest factor. Um, You have to figure out how to make a plan that works for the kids you have. Um, The kids who are coming from football, the transition is a little bit easier. We have guys who are doing this football. They go straight into track. You know, that might be a little easier, but you also have athletes who are doing soccer. Soccer and track season pretty much intertwined. Um, So that's kind of very difficult to have an athlete who is probably a star soccer player and a star soccer track athlete for you. Mm -hmm. How do you get them enough where when they get to you, they are conditioned in track. Uh, Obviously, soccer conditioning, track conditioning, two different conditioning, you know? So there's so much that goes into it at the high school level. I think high school coaches actually most of the time can be better than college coaches because you have so much you have to consider. You know I mean? You're not sitting down every day just doing one thing. You have to consider different elements you're working with, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I have a a separate question, but I want to stay on that real quick because... There's a lot of co- college coaches listening right now that said, uh, "Excuse me, <laughs> I, I want you to defend yourself. Tell me more about why you said the high school coach might be." I'll give you the credit. You right. didn't say it might yeah. be. Right.
2: Right. I mean, it, it's a lot of factors that goes into it. The, the, some of the key factors are this: um, a high school coach, you literally has to develop your athlete. Like you have to develop the athlete. If you get an athlete going to Most D1 schools now, literally, the coaching takes care of itself because most big-time D1 schools, they're only getting athletes running amazing times. I mean, literally, you have to get a kid coming in. All you have to keep them healthy, make one or two adjustments, and they should be good. Like, that's the level that it's at right now. I see guys going into college, they're running 20-point low or 10.1. I mean, those are amazing times going into College, like literally, you go into college already as a big star already. Mm. I mean, you might, and uh, how? And I just said it a while ago. Most high school athletes do not do one event or do one sport. If I have Ali who's doing multi sport and they're still running those stellar times, if I get them for a full track season and they're not doing anything but track, they should improve. You know what I mean? Like, even without any high tech training or high tech anything, mm-hmm. if I get them for a full year, just track conditioning, work on them, feeling healthy, their body's still not fully developed. Some of them still weak as hell because they have not lifted too much. Wow. You know what I mean? You give them some strength training. You have a good sprinting program or whatever program you have. Those athletes should improve. Mm-hmm. So, when I say sometimes, yeah, you might have a lot of high school coaches who are actually better than high college coaches, mm-hmm. is because Uh, a high school coach who can get a kid and develop a kid into that big sprinter. Mm -hmm. If that same coach could have an athlete coming in at those times with a whole year of just track, Mm -hmm. I would figure that that coach could do some spectacular thing with the athlete. So yeah, that's going to hurt me saying seeing it.
1: I, I certainly think if we were, you know, if there's, um, I don't know, I'm going to make up a number, 10,000 track mm-hmm. coaches in America, college, high school, et cetera. And we were going to rank them number one through 10,000 at who's best. Now there's a lot of criteria for best. So we'll just say general on this. I don't think that the number one through 7,000 would all be college coaches. And then 7,001 mm-hmm. okay. would go down to, I, I I agree with you that, there are certainly some high school coaches. Yeah. When I say some, uh, that could be a huge number, by the way. Huge number. <laughs> it would be inter- first in there for sure. There, there. I, I would be. You know, I'm. am kind of a betting man. I would bet that if you were to list the top 100 coaches, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if at least one, at least one, wasn't a high school coach in there. I, I
2: would, I would bet more than that. Yeah, yeah. Say so at least, at least, would, at least. I would say at least. 30% would be high school. Yeah, coaches. maybe. You, you know that. You, 30, that be right. Yeah. 30% would be high school coaches.
0: That's right. That's I'm not right. saying that
2: they're not excellent college coaches, guys. No, no. That's, that's exactly so right. Excellent, excellent college coaches. That's exactly right. And, that's and exactly the funny right. thing is, some of these excellent college coaches used to be high school coaches. You know? I know, right? Yes. No, yes. Here's that's- the crazy <laughs>
1: thing. I've yeah. you know, said this before, and I really learned it actually as being the host here of this podcast with 200 plus coaches. You know, there's this myth that a high school coach cannot become a college coach. Like, if you if there's a college coaching position open, d- just throw all the high school resumes out. I'm gonna, you know, they just can't. They don't understand recruiting and whatever. Blah 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 blah. Right? They they don't understand that you got a coach from Labor Day through June instead of just the three or four months or whatever. And yet, some of the top coaches. That I have interviewed, and I'm including I'm Mouse Holloway. <laughs> uh, I'm including Chris Johnson at Arkansas, another mm-hmm. one's head coach, started as a high school coach.
2: Yeah. So wait a minute, uh, high school. We, we, we just said that hundred. I would probably say in that hundred would have ninety percent who have actually done board. Wh- right. I would say that. I would say that. Right. And so it just boggles me. It's like, on one hand, we say they can't
1: coach college and say, well, I can show you a whole bunch who are awesome who started out on the high school level. So that don't, that's not cool. They don't, they don't, they don't jive. I don't figure
2: it out. I think we touched on the point with that as well, because as I mentioned before, in high school, you have to develop an athlete. Like you, you don't, you don't get them when they're just spectacular. Like you have to do some work. Yes. You might have one or two athletes who are just out of this world, but, in high school, you have to spend some time developing an alley, man, like to get them in a higher end to run a certain way. And to, I mean, running isn't not just getting up and running, some of these alleys you have to teach them how to run, you have to teach them how to um draw to blocks, how yeah. to drive like, all these things. So, if that alley, if that coach who have developed guys over the past couple of years, that's a lot of research to use. So, when they go to the college level, they have all this background work. Mm -hmm. That makes them excellent Mm -hmm. coaches though, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know quite a few excellent coaches in college and I know for sure they used to coach high school, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I'm on a crusade to stop judgment amongst coaches. Mm -hmm. And something you said there kind of really drove it home for me. First of all, you talked about, you know, on the high school side, typically, you know, depending on what state you are and things like that, you've got three months to work Mm -hmm. with these kids. They're typically doing football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Oh, and by the way, we all, air quotes, encourage athletes to do more than one sport, especially in high school. You're right, when you get to college, a little less, way less number of people, right? Less people are doing volleyball and track and even football and track, et cetera. But in high school, I think a vast majority of college coaches would say, oh, I would encourage a track kid to play basketball, mm-hmm. soccer, football, whatever. Right. And, but then on the other hand, so we'll say that. And then on the other hand, we'll say, gosh, that coach down in Harlingen really didn't get that hurdler mm-hmm. up to speed where I need them. Like, why didn't they spend time on this and that yeah. or that? And it's like, Wait a minute. First of all, you, you wanted to be that. That kid also played basketball, uh, <laughs> which means I only had two months to have them. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. So it's like this judgment of like, like I want to abolish that judgment. and Be like, hey, that coach did. It's yeah. good of a job as they could. Are they coming to you underdeveloped? Maybe. Okay. Wait. Wait. I'll say it this way: Is that kid coming to you underdeveloped? Absolutely. Compared to the kid who does do track, who has a private trainer or whatever from. Yeah. September through June uh, has a club coach, whatever. Yes, yeah, certainly that kid who's doing track all year will come to you more developed than mm-hmm. that kid who played yes. basketball and football and then uh, two months or you know two and a half months of track. Certainly, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that coach is bad. Doesn't mean that coach did a bad job. That coach had too much. Some of the coaches that I respect more than anybody are coaches up in like Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a three-month season. The first month is under snow, by the way. And then the second month, they actually get to do some training. And then the last month is all their conference, sectionals, yeah. regional state. They have yeah. no time, yeah. no time to develop a kid. And yet, some really stinking good kids. But the,
2: you said a while ago that I also touch on something that I also think that it's been missing now because the dynamic in college coaching is becoming so... Business like now, it's becoming hmm. really business like. Sure. That I think a lot of coaches, when they recruit, are not recruiting on the base of potential anymore. I think it's almost like you need to come in ready to yeah. score NCAA championships already. I'm like, um, you, who I blame, you know, who I blame for that?
1: Who? You. <laughs> Here's why <mine>. you you <laughs> mentioned it. You said kids are coming out of high school running 20 points and, <laughs> and 10 ones. Okay, I see you see, though, and so that amalgamation of kids are going to, curl, yeah. meaning yeah. to make it to the hundred meter finals or even the mile final mm-hmm. of NCAA, no, no division. I don't care, division one, division yeah. two, division three. It's nuts. So division three, I think the kid ran ten sixteen to yeah. win. Division three, that kid is on zero athletic scholarship, and yet I can, I guarantee you, I can name fifty division one schools that would full ride that kid. Mm-hmm division 3 10 16 a uh, hurdler in division 2 runs 13 flat mm. so it, it, and that, and that has to that, that there has to be a base for that those kids didn't get that good yeah, just, just because they went to college yeah. they already were good really or were, not yes, good yes, yes, it's yes. the high school coach's fault you yes. guys collectively are doing a much better job of producing much better athletes. Mm -hmm. And I do think there is some, now the world continues to get more flat because of social media and things like that and cell phones being in everybody's hands. We're we're able to communicate with the rest of the world to get those recruits in here as well. So I can absolutely – I have a lot of empathy for, um, you know, the uh, 10 or so programs on Division One that have a shot at winning the national title. There's about 10. You know, there's there's another 20 that think they can. They can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 10. And so they get so little scholarship money. Yeah. What is it, 11.6 or 12.6? Yeah, they're uh,
2: on there.
1: Yeah, and uh, 18 on the women's side. Yes. Th- to get a whole team, hammer throwers, yeah. really yeah. – so they've got to, and by the way, and they're they're all recruiting the same kid. Yeah, you know, the, the, those ten programs, they're recruiting the same kids. So they've got to figure out how do I get that kid to this school or this school over here. And money is certainly a factor. It may not be the only factor, but it's certainly a factor. And every time you give a kid one extra dollar, well, that mm-hmm. that's a very small pool that's coming out of. That means I got to get a ten twenty kid to walk on, or a uh, you know a thirteen yeah. seven hurdler to walk on. And so as far as development. Another part that that does it is these super conferences. So when I was at Mm -hmm. Mississippi State, there were 12 teams in the SEC. So we could get it using the 100 as example, we could probably get a 1050 1055 kid uh, on a 25% ish, you know, roughly scholarship and develop them down to a 1020 1010 kid and make the finals one day. Then they added Texas A&M and Mizzou. Mm -hmm. And now they're adding Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. What does a 1050 kid do yeah, at yeah. conference? Yeah. A 1050 kid doesn't make the four by one team yeah. Yeah. in that yeah. conference. Now, here's where I really think it's interesting when you say uh, you, you blanketed. I, I, we're going to be a little bit more specific. That college coaches don't want to develop. First of all, and I will also take that a little bit off the table. When Mouse Holloway gets a 1020 kid out of high school, he's got to develop them to a 10 flat kid and better yeah. just to make the final. So he's developing. Yeah. But I think we'd like to blame the kids and say that the kids have a D1 or bust mentality. I think in our society, we have that. So I think in general, uh, high school coaches have that a little bit. And there's a little bit of ego of, well, I sent my kid to, in, in your in your case in Texas, yeah. I sent my kid to a and I sent my kid to Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor versus, hey, I sent my kid to uh, Laterno University. That's a great mm-hmm. school. They're going to get mm-hmm. great coaching there, but no one goes, "Wow, hey, he sent someone to look." Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
2: So it's a it, that biases I think across the board. But even, yeah. even, no, no. even the kids themselves, Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. No, no,
1: themselves. Absolutely, you know, there, there's no one thing is not one thing. There's there, no mm-hmm. one thing is the one thing. Meaning, it's not just oh, college coaches don't want to develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That insults college coaches it's and it also insults to say oh high school coaches are just ego they only want to send their kids to texas yeah, you know. yeah. that's not true either they you te- you that's high good. school coaches really want what's best for the kids yeah. and i i guarantee you i, I just know it in my heart if a kid came to you and said hey I'm, I'm just i might go to letourneau or i may go and walk on at texas tech and you'd say okay well what's best for you and you say well you know letourneau's closer to home and uh it's going to cost me way less hey bud Maybe that's the school you should go to. Your ego would not say, hey, you know what? Screw this kid. Let him get a bunch of student loan debt. Go to Texas Tech where he's never going to make a travel squad. You would do the right thing. I know you would. I know you
2: would. Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes, I guess, the business side of it, some of these coaches, literally, they're coaching for their jobs as well. So they need need to come in almost ready to go you know so it's, almost, it's not like i don't want to coach i think i had this conversation with um <clears throat> with a coach recently as well um <laughs> and he said that they're cutting the amount of scholarship he has it's he's like it's not like i'm not interested in these kids like i want them but my hands are tied they're literally cutting the amount of scholarships i have mm-hmm. and because of that that means if i'm recruiting the kid that i would have recruited would be, get a small scholarship at 10 5 10 4 No, I can't give him a scholarship. I have to get that kid who is a 10-1, 10-2, and invest in him more than the Mm 10-5 kid. It's not going to want that 10-5 kid who has some potential, Mm -hmm. but it's just that the way the system is set up now, coaches' hands are being tied. So definitely, I can can backtrack on that a little bit. I mean, it's not like they don't want to coach the kids. It's just that the system is definitely changing a lot, you know? and, And here's the other thing. 99.99%
1: 99.99% of all these kids are not going to go pro in track and field. Okay. So sure. if we can agree on that, because, you know, I, I get, you know, again, I'm, you know, I live my life on Twitter, as you know, uh, you know, I get the, like, all oh, these kids want full rides. You dang, you dang right. Mm-hmm. I think they all should get full rides. Yeah. What I mean by that is I hate student loan debt. I hate debt that hangs over you. I hate debt that you're going to, you're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a student loan and you're going to make 35 grand at a high school or out of college. It's going to take you forever. It's going to handicap you yeah. on owning a house and a marriage and family mm-hmm. and vacations and stuff like that. So to me, I think every kid now that means they're not going to go to Arkansas, Florida, etc. on a full ride, but if um, Stephen F. Austin or uh, Arkansas Baptist or whomever is going to offer you a full ride, if it has your major and it's the, the right, you know, uh, situation for your family,
2: go. In, one of the things I told kids is that, for example, myself, as an example, when I came in... <laughs> And I came in not knowing because when I came to AM Carpus Christi, I was thinking it's the big AM. I thought it was college station. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I didn't know much about anything really. I didn't know much. I mean, here, AM Carp, AM, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I I saw them on TV. (laughs) So what happened is that I tell people that, okay, yeah, I went to AM Carpus Christi, but I went to NCAA championships three years in a row. Mm. I went to. my freshman year, I went to regionals, you know. Uh, yep. And then after that, every year I went to nationals. So yep. I, I was an American athlete. Yep. I still compete against all the D1 schools. Yep. the not matter. A D one is a D1. It might yep. be a small D1 school, but you still compete against Texas, UT. I mean, everybody. Yep. NM, the UCLAs. Yep. You're still competing against everybody. So if you yep. can be developed and get to the point where you can be competitive against these guys, why yep. not go to a small school on a full ride, you know? Yep
1: hundred percent. And to the point of, you know, I say it's your fault, the high school coach of how, you know, how the, 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 the base has gotten so much better. Guess what? In college, there are excellent coaches at yeah. quote unquote mid-major division ones and again, go look at, yeah. if you're, you know, I, I, we have several athletes that watch the show and listen to the show as well. If you think you can only get coached in division one or just power five, Go right now and go look up the results of the Division Two National Meet. Go look at the Division Three NAIA. Heck, Junior College. I'm a product of a Junior College coaching. It is. You, I would be hard pressed to believe that you would go in and be an All American right off the bat at any of those places. Mm-hmm. You might. You, you might. I hope so. Hope you're that great. But it is. If you are a national champion, if you're an All American, any one of these. Divisions. You are really stinking good. You are good. That means you are getting good coaching. If you can get your education to be paid for at the same time. All about all about God bless. That is the way to do it. I love these type of conversations because (laughs) we get heated. I love it. But it's so important Mm -hmm. to have. And sometimes we only have them through anonymity on social media, or we only have it with our buddies, or we say one thing to a coach, but we say a little different behind their
2: back. There's so so many different things that's going on that I think sometimes even the clash between a a college and a high school coach's mindset and a club coach's mindset. The club. That's another aspect of it, you know? 100%. some kids Especially have in texas. club coaching yeah in texas as well some kids have club coaching and it's the dynamics of it is is big so you have to understand that a lot of factors are going on yeah and it's not it's not like we're pinning one coach against another coach or whatever yeah. it's just the system you're working in sometimes dictates what you have to do you know so we have to drop our ego i'm gonna tell a
1: a, a bad story and i think this is a common story there was a young lady who was being offered a good size scholarship at a Division II school, a really good Division II school too, by the way. Like you'd see them at nationals as a team yeah. all the time, right? And this club coach said, "No, hold off. You you you'll get an offer from Division One." Yeah. And, and this person was not a Division One yeah. athlete. And by the time this person found out that they were not, you know, they weren't getting any offers, the Division Two offer had been gone, been gone. Yep, now I think this person ended up going to um uh uh, junior college, which is great, nothing wrong with that, but didn't get the experience that they may have deserved because that's that's, that's, that's,
2: that's very that happens quite often, too. No, and and it's straight ego,
1: it's all ego. It's that, it's that I sent my kid to division one versus I sent my kid to division two. You get props for both of those, in my mind, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we you know, it's we care about what's on our jersey. Yeah. What we're okay, what, we're going to wrap up with this because I, I want to continue this conversation because I think this is a lot of value for those who choose to, to listen right now. Uh, because you come from Jamaica and you you were recruited out of Jamaica, I'm uh, interested, I'm curious. I never did much international. I did actually recruit and uh, help recruit and signed one uh, really good Jamaican athlete. It, it would have been around your time frame. Do you remember Steve Mullins?
2: Well, oh, yeah, know Steve Mullins. Yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. Mullins run... Steve Mullins was my senior, I guess, because he was um class one when I was class two. Yeah. And that, that, he would have been probably time, just a
1: little older. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that time he was the fastest in Jamaica that time.
1: He was like Yeah. He, I, got, yeah. I got to work with Steve at Mississippi State and still one of the highlights, what you know, yeah. I, I really yeah. really like Steve. I never got his brother Dwight ran for Mississippi State after yeah. I left. I didn't get to know him, but Steve, man, I he was his, nice. He, Steve taught me a lot as a coach, like like, oh, from with someone at that level, it's like, oh, okay, we need to do these things. Like I really love Steve. But I'm curious, you mentioned relationships, uh, you know, recruiting into to Jamaica. Is is the culture of recruiting in Jamaica, do you um I'm going to say this kind of a, in a crude way. Do you have to have a guy, like, do you have to know the coach at St. Jago or uh, like, what, what, I mean, or, or can a guy who just has never coached, who never recruited Jamaica, just show up one day or just call one day to get Jamaican athletes.
2: I mean, yes. I think Jamaicans are open to the recruiting process. I don't think we're so cut off with where you send a kid. I think the opportunity is something that we see. I mean, an international kid see it a lot that, you're getting education paid for. That is number one. Um, the other, I mean, not everybody's gonna I've mentioned already, not everyone will be a professional athlete. We see the value in education and we know that okay, if a kid is coming over here for school, most of the times it's for education purposes. I mean, yes, the bigger the biggest star athletes obviously are already thinking of going pro already. I mean, that's just the level we're at now where you have you seen a, a few of the Jamaican um high school stars turn pro. Yeah, we just had a young lady the other day, right? Yes, yes. So they're turning pros early. So Mm -hmm. if you can turn pro, you know that is a business aspect for for you, then okay, that's where you want to go. But I think the mindset for coaches and parents and the kids back home is that, okay, I can get my education paid for, which is very, very big because it means Jamaica is a rich country, you know, and and we see the value in education. So I think most coaches are very open to it. They have a you. If a coach was to call any coach in Jamaica or get in contact with a coach in Jamaica and they have a kid that, I mean, might not be a, same thing you just said, might not be a UT kid or mm-hmm. division one kid and they can provide a scholarship for him to go to D2 schools or whatever. Yeah. I think some of that the coach would be open-minded to immediately. And it's not an yeah. equal thing where, like in America, I think it's more on your chest to say, oh, I sent the kid to Texas Tech or AM. Back home, I don't think that, that, that label a chest exists because uh-huh. it's just, okay, he went to college for, he went to America for college. That That's big enough.
1: That's big, yeah. <laughs> that's
2: and, big and, enough, you know?
1: To your point about what we talked about earlier in the conversation about how you grew up in Jamaica too, we don't, in Jamaica, we don't have, football and baseball and professionals. So we don't grow up. We may grow up in Jamaica, still a bears fan or something like that, but it's not like here where, you know, my dad was a bears fan and what, you know, that culture. And, uh, and you don't maybe have a lot of,
2: do we have um, American football in Jamaica, like in
1: the high school side?
2: No. No. we watch it. I mean, I think, Kids are, I mean, the world is becoming more global. As again, everybody sees everything in their phone. So right, I think right. the sport, football itself, has grown. American football has grown. Um, soccer is our number one football. But are there, are there
1: teams at the high school
2: level in Jamaica for football? No, no. Soccer. soccer, soccer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Soccer, but not, is, there's not an yeah. American football team. No, at no,
2: no. no, no. And whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what oh, I you thought. That. That. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have soccer. Is, I mean, they closed thing. It. Soccer is a big thing. Soccer okay. and cricket is a two big thing. Cricket, yes, that's right. Cricket. Soccer and cricket. Apart from that, I mean, track would probably be the next big, big thing. I mean, we don't have that many sports we're competing against with each other. So, do, do you think? Do you think tracks third? Right No, I think track ah. probably track's right in the middle between cricket and soccer. Probably number one. I mean, I think soccer is one of the biggest sports in Jamaica. Yeah. Soccer has always been big. Cricket is also big too, but that's yeah. probably. Three. In soccer, track might be number two. Wow. Uh, Or it might be a battle of one, two. Soccer, or track.
1: In America, like, we're 10th, so... We'll, we'll take a tie or a fight for a second. We're we we're football, baseball, basketball, you know, someplace lacrosse. Yeah, uh, so
2: There's yeah, it's, it's so much, yeah. Hockey, hockey, buddy. Oh,
1: someplace, yeah, 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 absolutely, man. Some places hockey is number one. That's yes, right. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Not in Texas,
2: though. No, 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 not in Texas. <laughs>
1: Hi, Kel, man. Thank you so much. Um, you know, again, you're you're kind of two parts of this conversation today. You know, your journey is so fascinating. Um, you know, it's interesting to me. Uh, we we had uh, Brooke Rasnick on the podcast uh, about a month ago, and she mentioned. Where she grew up and where she went to college was 30 minutes away. And when she went to college, she was homesick. <laughs> and I and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. <laughs> now, when we talk to individuals like you who's, you know, you yeah, can't drive uh, to your college. Can't, you're, you're can't flying, drive um and, and, yeah. you.
2: Know, and maybe that was an experience. And that was an experience within itself, you know. Um first time you flew? That was no my first time here. Actually, went to um release. I came to release in high school. Sure, um that was my second time coming to America, and I mean the first time staying in America like that. But again, in Corpus Christi is way down there as well. There's yeah, yeah. no family. I mean, literally, I have no family, no right. friends. Yeah, I mean the dynamics of the campus was not very. Really, I mean, the black population wasn't a lot. Sure. um it's grown over the years, and most of the black kids were athletes. So again, yeah. it's the dynamics coming to a country no no nobody no family right. members crazy so yeah i mean obviously that means it was a welcoming environment though so that means yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. yeah. um but, no, but i
1: can i can respect that. It's different yeah. uh yeah, different. Know, people look differently people are eating yeah. differently eating differently, uh, differently. And Everything. yeah and it's there's something. no there's no homeboy there's you know at home you've got a mom or a brother or a best friend you go there it's like everybody's a stranger uh, I got to figure out who is going to be, you know, in the circle, but that, that ain't just an automatic. So, uh, so I can appreciate that, man. I really can That's To me, that's really, honestly, uh, that's super brave, honestly, because we're also talking about this as a 17, 18 year old kid, by the way, not as a 30 year old adult, yeah. uh, you're still forming, you know, who you are and your brain's still growing. So uh, I can really
2: appreciate that. And for those and who, like, no, who want to go, same thing. I have kids here at school who are like, I'm not gonna move two hours away from home, and uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. it's, it's different. I mean, and we talk about and the mindset. That's also a hindering mindset a lot of kids have. Some 100%. kids, some kids get full scholarships and will not leave. Yeah. Will not leave. So it's it's, it's amazing it's, how
1: small the world is becoming, and yet yeah. it can still yeah. be two hours can be you know a yeah. lifetime uh, mm-hmm. away. Uh, well, thank you so much for your journey. And thank you for really a fun, I think a lot of value conversation and recruiting, man. I, again, you, you've got it, you see it from both sides. You know, you've been in the college side where you've recruited, you've been recruited. Uh, now you're in the high school side where you're seeing kids and helping kids get recruited and uh, in all different levels. And so I think there's a lot of value. There's still a lot of, it's weird, there's still a lot of mystery around recruiting. Um, yes. i think because it's so it's not regimented it's not like oh if you run this time you get this much it's it's very uh, subjective i think is the right word yeah. so um, but-
2: it's recently about it as well that um no it's really needs based. like i mean you have a coach who might need a thrower his field events is low you have enough sprinters You might be a great sprinter but they just don't have the money for you right now you know what i mean like it's it's very yeah. That's the other part to it. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's very tricky. It's very tricky.
1: A, a school says, you know what? We don't have facilities for throws, so we don't. We don't. We're not gonna have any throws. It's like, man, I could be so good for them. It's like. Yes. Not the place for you, you know? It's just it's just not. It doesn't have anything to do with you, kid. Yeah. You, that doesn't yeah. pull you down. It's just this is not the right place. Well, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful, uh, you know, you stepped up at the last second to help us out here in the podcast. Actually,
2: a parent she sent me the Twitter the, your Twitter thing. Um, she follows you a lot, um, Tiffany Newby. She yeah. Yeah, she follows a lot of sports world, and she was like, You should jump on that podcast. All right, cool. No problem. Well, Shout out to her. She's awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh, And thank you, because we just had a great conversation because of you, Tiffany. And I think people are better for it. So I really do appreciate you. Thank you, uh, guys, for following me on Twitter. I have a lot of fun there, hopefully bringing you guys a lot of value there. So thank you for being on the show this week, man. I'm really grateful for you. Appreciate it. And thank you for being here, listening. Uh, again, you know we're we're gonna have a lot of fun with this. You know we're gonna explore journeys from high school coaches, college coaches, and everything in between. And I think you know we continue to work to bring value for you, the listeners, whether it's recruiting, um, uh, captainship, uh, the, the 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 work of being a coach, and how you uh, time management. We're gonna continue exploring those conversations. and sometimes it's gonna get a little heated. That's okay, because uh, having those conversations and being open and honest and authentic and still walking away as good friends. uh, I think that's what brings a lot of value. So thanks for being here this week. Join us next week. We'll do it all over again right here on the Gill Track and Field Connections podcast. Have a good week, everybody.